Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Candidly Keisha. Keisha Knight-Polium has grown up on TV, playing characters on shows like The Cosby Show to Tyler Perry's House of Pain. They know Rudy. They know Miranda. I've been in the business literally for 36 years. Keisha's an actress, philanthropist, foodie, and now hosts of her own podcast. This is an opportunity for you, my friends, my fans, to get to know me, just Keisha. This is Candidly Keisha. Welcome to Candidly Keisha. It is Friday. Well, today it is all about Spelman College. Um, I am joined in studio by Miss Shaquita Lockley. Hello. Class, what class are you? Class 97. Of, class of 97. Damn, you're old. Th- thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I like to say ripe. Ooh, Vintage. I don't know about ripe. That ripe just, is that, good. Ripe Right. Grapes are right. Whatever, <laughs> So vintage, classic. vintage. I like vintage. Okay. I yeah. like OG. We can go with OG vintage. Okay, I can live with you that. You can live with that. So um, you'll hear us. I never call her Shaquita, really, ever, because um, she's also my special. And if you're in the whole Greek world, that stands for special big sister. Um, yeah, she's one of the ones who tried to kill me when I pledged Jada Kappa. No, I'm joking. That's such a joke, guys. Such a, <laughs> such joke. a joke. Do not run with that, Nationals or anyone else. Edit. Edit. I'm just kidding. I'm being silly. But, um, no, um, Shaquita is my special big sister, so I refer to her as Spesh. And, you know, she's so much more than that. It's funny how, like, Delta or Spellman, you know, it's such a sisterhood that brings people together from such a variety of backgrounds and experiences. And, you know, this one was wearing her, um, my first Spellman shirt, talking about Ella, just yesterday because I'm already brainwashing Sweet her. Ella. Yeah. Um, because there's just something that is so intangible that's so priceless about the sisterhood that you gain from going to a place, place like Spelman. Mm-hmm. And that's why, for me, it was the only place that I applied to because it was that special. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the relationships that you, you know, like now, years later, after, you know, meeting through Delta, you know, we write together, we, you know, you just, you're doing your, um, your documentary mm-hmm. all about Issues with infertility in the black community, mm-hmm. eggs over easy. And, you know, from that relationship to whatever it is that we're doing, it's a love and support that goes without saying. Quita could pick up the phone. I'll call her Quita so y'all know. Spesh can pick up the phone and be like, Spesh, I need this tomorrow. And I'm like, okay, it's done. <laughs> and vice versa. Yes. And I feel like that's the sort of bond that is created through an experience like Spellman. Which brings us to the topic that I want to talk about today. Ellen Ella wants to talk about it too, apparently. Um, yeah, you want to go to grandma? <laughs> so, which brings us to the topic. So, recently, Spelman College has been in the news because they have released a statement. And I'm going to look to see if I can find the exact statement, but basically saying that they were now admitting transgender students to Spelman College. And there has been a crazy uproar. Um, There's some people who are adamantly for it. There are some people who are adamantly against it. And I do feel there's a big, big variety of people who are somewhere in between who you know, it's not an issue of transgender, but maybe an issue of how it was handled or how it came about. Um, so, Quita, where do you stand and how do you feel uh, about the new policy admitting transgender students to Spelman College? I believe it's transgender. Mm-hmm. And then it's also if you're a transgender woman or if you are a woman when you enter Spelman and you decide mm-hmm. to transition to male you can still be there or stay. Right. Um, and there's been a lot of conversation about it. So I'm, I'm glad that you're having this so that we can actually 
hear the voices. I think that Spellman mishandled the entire process in making this decision, mm-hmm. first and foremost, and that's from the president to the board. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, there wouldn't be such a pushback had it been handled Because most of properly. the time, it's not what you say, it's how you say it's it. It's how you say it. It's not what you do, it's the manner in which you go about doing exactly. it. Exactly. And I kind of feel about it the same way I feel about what's happening in Congress with the health The health situation. Mm-hmm. It's like a private secret committee, they go in the secret room and they come out with Something that is going to mandate like, that changes the course of everyone's yes. experience. And who I, I don't even know who the secret committee is. I know you know people who are, on the, or at least a person who's on the committee, but nobody else that I've talked to, and this has been like coffee shops, brunch, this has been a topic of discussion. Everybody's like, well, who was on this committee that made this decision? We all took a survey. Right. Um, no one that I talked to even saw the results of the survey. Well, hold on one second. We actually have a call. It was a perfect segue. Um, and we're going to welcome um, London Derishu-Smith yes. on the phone. London, are you there? I'm here. Hello, sister. How are you? I. <laughs> oh, you have your church girl voice on today. <laughs> yes, Hello. I, how are you doing? Let the praises be to the church. Hello. And when we're here, everybody say amen. 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 <laughs> so I, we were just talking. Um, we have, you remember Quita, Shaquita Lockley. Um, yes. Of Spellman. We, How are you? Hey, Sequita. <laughs> <laughs> she is also in the studio, and we were just talking about, um, you know, Spellman and introducing their new policy of admitting transgender students as well as allowing transgender women students, but also allowing women who are born women. And you know I don't know all the terminology, so don't jump down. Well, well let, me, let, let, me, let, me, let me just give you the terms you'll understand. And, and, and look, Keisha, let me first say this. There is, there is this is a safe space, and, and, and even we, we say that amongst meeting with someone, this is a safe space and that there will be mistakes and that it's okay to make the mistakes. It's when you're willing to learn is, that, is, is what's important, when you're willing to learn and correct those mistakes. So the term is cisgender. So yourself, you would be cisgender because you are assigned female at birth and that's okay. how okay. you identify. So let me finish. Now I know the word is cisgender. So we're considered cisgender. Mm. And they're allowing cisgender women who decide to transition to male um, mm-hmm. while they're at Spelman to, I guess, continue yeah. their well, education. Well, that's the law. That is what yeah. is actually in Title IX, but the rest of it is not in Title IX. Right. And so we're just talking about how, you know, there's some people who are very for it, some people who are very against it, and a lot of people reside somewhere in the middle, more so having to do with the way and manner in which it was presented Mm -hmm. and the manner in which it was, it kind of came to fruition. Because I feel like there's an overwhelming sense that because Spellman, like we were talking about earlier, is such, when you go to Spellman, it is such a sisterhood that is a bond that once you're there, it it transitions and it stays for life. Yeah, and I feel right. like because of that, a lot of alums and you know even wi- and even women who are currently at Spelman felt as though they weren't invited to the table mm-hmm. and they weren't invited to kind of be a part of the discussion. It was a closed do you, conversation. Yeah. Do you exactly. think that they weren't? If, do you think that they weren't? And that's that's another question. Um, a lot of people have mentioned that about not being invited to the table, but. Why is it, it's, it's, it's just all, it's funny to me that suddenly now people want to be invited to the table when it's about this trans issue. But any other time when people are soliciting advice and information from people, they're never available. I don't think don't that's true, people. specifically with Spellman. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that that has to be true, but I'm sure that there's been other incidents or there's been other situations where the school has tried to solicit advice. No, no, no. Um, I feel like I can be, I can, as a Spellman graduate, I feel like this. I feel like. Spellman is one community that is very vocal, very, very, very right. much committed to being a part because there are other things I know going on at Spellman that have been debated and that people may not have been on board with. It's not just the transgender issue. I feel that it's okay. a multiplicity of issues and it's just more coming from the top down of being a space of inclusion of, you know, not only wanting our dollars to support mm-hmm. when it comes to fundraising time, but also, you know, desiring people's input when you're looking at changing, you know, different things that, because you know how Spelman, Morehouse, all of these all of these institutions are very much steeped in tradition. Not to say that right. tradition doesn't have a place to grow, to evolve with the times, because it does. But I feel like, you know, just I'm just saying this is how people feel. 
So you can't really be wrong about feelings is that they would have liked to have been more a part of the process, you know? Uh, and and, I, and I, I understand what you're saying. Uh, even, and, and see, I'm under the cone of silence, so I can't really get into detail specifically about some conversations. But what, and I will take, I take that point into consideration. Yeah. I'm just I'm not going to go any, any, any deeper into it. I'm just going to take that point into consideration. I understand where you're coming from. Right. I, would, I, I know that you know, there are parents who, um, you know, even parents and students who obviously wanted to be involved, who wanted to be involved in the process. But you got to also remember that the school has a board, and when the the, the board voted unanimously, yeah. you know, if the board but, voted on this unanimously, this was so not like I have a you question. Know, this was a unanimous decision by the board um, to put this policy in to implement this policy. How did you uh, get chosen? Is, how did you get chosen to? Are you allowed to, you know, kind of divulge how you were chosen to be well, I, yeah, a I part of the committee? Again, I'm not, just for non-disclosure agreements. I can't go into details. Um, I don't want to go into that. And, and right now, I, I'm just going to speak as right now on here. I'm just going to speak as London Jerisha Lou, who is yeah, your friend. Absolutely. And a, I don't even want to like discuss anything about the um, implementation committee, but what I will say, and I'm just going to give this one disclaimer, what I will say is that Selman College has selected a group of culturally competent individuals. I've, as a trans person sitting in that space, I never felt so comfortable and so, so relaxed, and, and I was able to be my authentic self. I was not looked upon any type of way. Um, that my, my, my opinion is valued. It's, it's accepted, and that is what makes the difference. Um, and so I will, I will say that. Um, that's what I will say about the committee. Other than that, we're just going to have a conversation like girlfriends. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's all that this ever is. Go ahead, Squeeta. What were you um, this say? is what I wanted to say about the board. So um, if a board member says, and this actually the president, so, you know, it was my 20th this past May. I went to convocation. So the president said, this is, she introduces that we're going to uh, be dealing with a quote-unquote transgender issue or topic because we needed a policy, and that would be coming up. It'll be on the floor because we we were at risk of losing federal dollars. And I'm paraphrasing, so don't, like, quote me on Twitter or whatever. But um, the policy that would say we would lose our federal funding because of Title IX, which isn't exactly true, but the board repeated that. So to me, it kind of felt like fear-mongering, like we were going to lose some federal dollars, but if you just do a basic Google search on Title IX, the exclusion is because Spelman is a single gender school and it's a private school. Um, the most of those the rules are, that mm -hmm. are a regular, like a Georgia State, right. would have to abide by. Spelman just what? didn't. So when you say the board. I don't have faith in the board because the board is putting out information that's saying, well, this thing is coming up with the federal dollars. And that, you can Google, is not a true statement unless there's like a new law. And I kind of felt a couple of things, and this was from conversations that I've had with other alumni. If something is a law, like the fact that if a student is there, she comes in as Jamila, and her she sophomore year she decides, decides to, be Jamal. to be Jamal, and now he's a he. Um, that's the law. So you don't need a committee to decide a transgender policy because that's the law. You can't discriminate, and Spelman needs to abide by that. So that is the gender policy. So everything else that the board voted unanimously on, um, it's just you, no, no, no. I, wait, 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 wait. You said what? What's, what's the law? What, what's the law? Well, actually, you know, actually, trans, um, gender identity isn't a, isn't a protected class. Yeah, so but gender, that's under Title IX. It's not a protected class. And in, in the city of Atlanta, under the auspices of Atlanta. Um, gender identity as far as employment um, and housing it is a protected class, but on a federal level, gender identity isn't considered. And that's one of the one of the issues that's what was going on with part of the things with Title IX was that Obama, under Obama's administration, Obama was trying to include gender identity discrimination under the under the uh, under the, the class of sex. Okay, hold on one so, second. London, is your phone buzzing? I keep hearing a buzzing noise. I don't mean to cut you out, but it's. I don't know. I, I hear. I heard a buzzing too, but it might. It might be. Uh, I don't, I don't, it's messages coming trying in. Trying to send messages through my phone. Yeah. Oh, I don't okay, know. How to, okay. I can't turn it off because it's probably messages oh. going through my phone right okay, now. Okay. No worries. I just yeah, wanted I, to make sure well. that everyone could hear you clearly because it's okay. like in between time. It's like. Bzz, yeah. Bzz. I don't know what that is. It's like if people are. I'm getting like a million texts right now, you and I don't in? know how to turn them off. <laughs> I don't know how to turn them off. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry, you all. I'm so Get sorry. it. But no, but. But back to what you what you were saying, mm -hmm. um, I think that one that the reason that there needs to be a committee in place is because people aren't compassionate and pe 
people are not educated and that there have to be policies and practices in place to protect for safety for the, the safety of those students who are transitioning or who come into the school who are already in the front who've already started transitioning like those because again like we said Selma is in tradition and a lot of things are some people's thought process is antiquated and we got to kind of uh, you know get them up to speed into what's going on so that I mean that alone is one of the reasons why there has to be a committee because it has to take a group of culturally competent individuals to sit down and to deliberate and to come up with policies and practices that will protect everybody not just the trans students but also that will keep the safety for the, um, the sister the students as well Got it. Well, um, so I have a question. What can you say? Um, I mean, I, it just, I mean, if you ask something, I'll know. I mean, I, I don't want to, obviously, I can't discuss what we, the, the deliberations, what we deliberate yeah, yeah, yeah. about. I'm not, yeah, I'm not asking for that. If you could just give us an overview of whatever it is you are allowed to share, that would be amazing. Well, well, no, but I would just speak as London, and I'm just speaking as, yeah. as myself, and as a trans student. Let me say this, and this is, and this is, goes to you, because you're my, one of my good friends, yeah. and I will say this. One thing about that I will say is that Spelman is a place that saved me, okay? Spelman and Spelman women are who saved me. And if it wasn't for Spelman women, I don't know where I would be today. And so by saying that, and it just brings a tear to my eye because this is something that's so important to me because if I would have had the chance to transition when I was at Morehouse, a lot of the things that I wanted to happen in my You know you wanted to be a Spelman student. That's I'm not I always wanted to. <laughs> I always wanted, you know, and we, we knew that, like, that was my thing. I, I you know, I, I, I was able to go on campus. I mean, I was a part of the campus. It was never yeah. a problem. I was able to stay on overnight in the dorms. It was never an issue. The trans students or people who are feminine body have been around for the longest. We've been, I've been using the girls' bathroom at school. It's never been a problem. It's like all of a sudden, you know, people like to turn our attention off of the main focus. You know, this is, this is another example of us being taken off track of the main focus. And, you know, when we're starting to discuss things with Black Lives Matter and a lot of things that are going on, this is another thing that try to divide us. You know, now we're having an argument amongst, you know, uh, this conversation or this argument amongst intelligent black people where people are just want to be educated. You know, you have a group of people who just want to be educated and just want to learn. And that's what this is about. And now we're being taken away from that and having this conversation about which bathroom they're going to use and which dorm they're going to sleep in. Um, well, Linda, I think... Go ahead. Uh-huh. So I think, and I think that that's one of the big issues for a lot of people that are that that they're wondering about the genitals. Like a lot of people are questioning the genitals of the person that's coming to the school, or like where they'll be housed at. Or can I can I can I say something on that? Um, This would be I'm just being completely honest because you know me. I feel like you are entitled to love who you love. You know, the only person that has to be okay with. You know, whether you're transgender, whether you're all of this, whether you're lesbian, gay, straight, bisexual, is the person who you are having an intimate relationship with. As long as you guys are okay with, you know, where each other stands, then hallelujah. Like, you know, you know that about me. Like, I am embracing of all. But I'm, if I'm going to be honest, if you know how small them damn dorms are at Spelman College, and you know they don't have air, I just have to say, honestly, like as a freshman, if you come in and you're not given the option, like, and you know, there's no air, you're walking around in your panties and, and probably half naked most of the time. There are some okay, people. Okay, were you walking around your dorm room butt naked? Like, um, like, can come on, can you, you let me finish? Let me naked. finish, London. And yes. <laughs> and yes, I walked around in my panties. Very much so, and my hair was all over my head because we didn't have any air in HH. So I'm just simply saying, I understand, you know, if you have a vagina like everyone else, I could see how some people would be concerned being that they don't have the option, you know, just through all of that, if your roommate has a penis, that that could make someone feel uncomfortable. That's I, I all I'm saying. Like, we have a well, lot of Well, I understand where you're coming from, but, but you don't understand. There have already been students at the schools who have been transgender. Y'all just don't know it. And, and, see, and, see, and this is the and thing. thing. That's okay. And that's the thing. They're living amongst cisgender women and in these spaces. What, this is what I'm trying to explain to you so people can understand. There have been cis trans women who have been in this space who did not disclose their trans identity, Right. And they got, got through fine. No one knew anything about what was going on, right? No one, 
Actually, I can't go into deliberation. No, 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 I get it. I'm sure because when I was there, there were plenty of people, transgender people did not get invented in 2017. I'm clear. I'm clear that lesbian, I'm clear that all of these people have been there. But when you open up the discussion to talk about it, just how you desire for your, your position to be heard, other people's position should be heard as well. And I'm just simply saying that I could see how that could be, just how you as a trans woman have been made to feel uncomfortable in a lot of situations, and I'm not saying that's right. You know, you have to also empathize with the other side so that you can come to some sort of solution that works well for everybody. That's all I'm I saying. That, I think that's, I think you're misunderstanding. I think you're mis- mistaking what I'm saying. I, I, the first thing, the first disclaimer that I said when I got on here was that I... The, the space that we meet in and that we deliberate in is a safe space. And so people who do have opposing or, or kind of questioning or they, it may seem to be dissenting ideas or thought processes are allowed to uh, express that because we want to create a space where it is safe for both and that everyone feels safe and included, right? So I understand what I'm saying. Is I take what you're saying into consideration. I'm just playing right. the devil's advocate. Right. Here I feel you. You just I, got crunk with me real advocate. quick. Look, you just got yes. real excited with me. And I was just simply saying that this is part of that discussion. And everyone needs to, and even if it's something that you may not like or may feel or or may not agree with, you know, part of the sisterhood is being able to express both sides of the fence and being able to talk about it. So that's all I'm doing right. here because I'm having people on both sides who feel passionately either way. And I get it that this is something that you are very passionate about. However, you also, you know, try to one thing that I always try to do is I try to put myself even in my in the opposing side shoes. I, I, yeah, we'll see. Well, now, Keisha, I'm taking it as if you're you're making it seem as if I am not accepting of you having a different differing opinion, and that's not the case. What I was doing right now was playing the devil's advocate because we don't have someone else yeah. on here who's going to do no, that. No, but we so do. I'm just, but I'm that's, just that's bringing up that other, that other thought, that's thought what, process. But that's what a we, lot of people. we do, London, because we have several people who are calling in, and we have people who, you know, I was very, very adamant about ensuring that we had people from different sides and perspectives you know whether if you're from the divinity side whether you're from you're for it whether you're against it so i really want to ensure that there is you know a conversation and it's not just one-sided and you know me yeah, well, and i wouldn't do that yeah no i understand that but I, I i take offense to you saying that i was getting excited about that i wasn't i was actually just playing devil's advocate okay, and I, so I we're listening yeah so what my, my thing is this and this is will remain. The purpose of the committee is to is for exactly what your the, the concerns that you're having is to address those concerns. That's why the committee exists to make sure that students who do have those concerns that those concerns are not just passed off to the side and that they are addressed. Okay. I mean, people are wondering about housing and about shoot. I just uh, think they need to put air in all the dorms. That's just my personal. Yeah, opinion, I mean, this, that's why this <laughs> committee has to deliberate deliberate for a year because it doesn't take. It's not going to happen overnight. I mean, it's a lot. I mean, Bellman is an uh, old institution, for one. I mean, obviously, some of the buildings are older. And, I mean, I've had this personal conversation with friends, right? And we discussed about the bathrooms, and we talked about using the bathroom. I remember at Morehouse, you know, there's a little bit more. I, and I, I asked some other girls this morning, I said, how many times have you seen your girlfriend's genitals when you go in the bathroom? They were like, never. Because who's doing that when you go to the bathroom you have your towel on. A lot of people, first of all, freshman year, you're so uncomfortable because people didn't gain 15 pounds. So you're already covering up. You don't want people to see well, you. Well, London. So you're obviously well, covering up. Well, it's just well, London. close quarters. So yeah, I well, London. Know, I know. I don't know. Who never, I, maybe I was just naked all because I don't like clothes anyway, but that's another story for you. Yeah, today. I don't either. But <laughs> we, um, we only have uh, probably about 30 more seconds before our next caller calls in. And in a quick kind of wrap-up, what would you, or what is your hope, now that it's been implemented, what is your hope in moving forward in terms of how to bridge the gap? Well, I think that we have to just look at things on a, on a holistic level. Now, I, now my thing is, is concerned is about safety, and it's about the, the safety of the students who are admitted and the students who are matriculating. Um, that's one of my main concerns, and that we have a, we have a competent staff. I think that it's important that we have a staff and a faculty that looks like the students, uh, that mirrors the students that we're admitting. So we are admitting trans students, so we do have a staff or faculty that is relatable to that student, someone who looks like them or someone that they can relate to, um, and that we teach the whole campus, that we have 
a meeting amongst the consortium about safety and understand that safety has a physical and an emotional component as well. You know, we have to make sure that we are protecting that emotional side, too, and that we have people available who are visible and available to these students to discuss all these issues, um, whether it's, you know, and, and especially getting involved public safety, you know, involving public safety from all of the campuses so that we don't have incidences um, on the other campuses uh, dealing with trans students who are at Spelman. Okay. Well, London, I just want to say thank you so much for calling in. Um, I definitely appreciate you. And I will talk to you later. Bye, London. Thank bye. you. Bye, darling. See you later. Bye. Okay, bye. Um, Special with that, I want to say I still have questions about housing and what is supposed to, what the policy is with housing because I've not seen it posted anywhere. And just in talking about the safety of all the students, um, what's been taken into consideration, and not even safety, just preference. So what if a student does not want a roommate with a penis or a, or a roommate who presents as male, um, trans male? What is that policy? What is that procedure? And then we have students who, a lot of Spelman women, um, they've had childhood trauma. They've been raped. They've been molested. And they have triggers. So mm-hmm. when you have a trigger and that trigger is male or that trigger is a penis, what safety net is there for them? Do they have to check a box on the application to say, please don't right. room me with someone who is uh, biologically male? What does that look like? Yeah, because that's the thing now also. It's like you also have to be empathetic on both sides. Exactly. And in my and – I, and I feel, you know, because London is such an advocate in terms of, um, you know, for trans women, and I get it, you know – I understand that that is her passion and that she is an advocate for trans people, whether they're women, whether they're men, what have you. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also feel like it's not okay. Just how you want to be protected and you want to be safe and you want your voice to be heard and not to be marginalized, you also have to allow that on the other side. And you and just how any rule that is a newly implemented, there is a place that's a transition. There is a point where people are having to get used to, where you're having to work through the quirks and work through the nuances of what this looks like for everybody. And fine, it's what it is. This is what they've decided. But my thing now is let's figure out how do we move forward in a manner which is, you know, beneficial, most beneficial for all the parties involved. Mm -hmm. That's all. And with that, or not even with that, maybe this is an aside, um, just another concern that we discuss at the brunches and coffee shops. Um, Does this make Spelman co-ed? Because when the student Jamila transitions to Jamal and we're supposed to address Jamal and he masculine pronouns, does that mean now that Spelman is male? And when somebody whose driver's license and birth certificate has male on it, Mm -hmm. um, even though they present public safety or, you know, when you have to, well, if you present as female, that doesn't matter. If you present as female, but you still graduate from Spelman, your birth certificate is still going to say male and your driver's license is still going to say male unless you've had reassignment surgery. So that means that on, on your birth certificate and driver's license, you are male, even if you present right. as, as female. And then for, I guess, natal-born women, women with a cis, vagina. Cis, well, no, not cis, cis, because I'm talking about transgender oh, men. Oh, transgender men, got but it. But they don't become a transgender man until they're transitioning while a student. Got it. Um, these are men. Like, we will address them as male men. That's a male pronoun. So that means that Spelman is graduating men and women, and that is co-ed. My thing, this is all I'm saying, is that, and this is one of, because, you know, I have a lot of my Cam Kizzy girls who've come through Mm. and, like, just connections, cousins and family who are currently at Spelman. And I know that there's one situation now where there is a student who is a female. However, I'm not exactly sure what her or his gender pronoun is currently Mm. um they present as male and they've been giving a lot of pushback with like you know how like in sister like it's you know look to your right look to your left and your sister you know ensure that your sister is walking you know however i'm paraphrasing Mm -hmm. but a lot of the language for ceremonies for sister's chapel for all of these is your sister your sister sisterhood is something that is ingrained in us like sister's like sister's chapel which is you know on campus and i know that one of the issues that is being that's being had is you know 
as now I guess she's presenting as a he and has an issue with everything being sister, sister, sister. My thing is you've chosen Spellman. It's about sisterhood. So whether you have a penis, a vagina, you're transgender or what have you, I feel that if you decide to come to Spellman, you have to understand what you're choosing yes. to be a part of. If you don't want to be called sister, you should maybe try a different school. This school just may not be the best fit for mm-hmm. you. And that's my thing. Like just how I had to wear a white dress and these ugly nude stockings and, and black, black shoes, shoes, that is something that is a tradition at Spellman that even as a woman born with a vagina, I didn't like, but it's also part of what bonds us. Mm-hmm. And my whole thing is no matter what you, transgender, man, whatever, you have to come in and accepting these things about the school. Yeah. So if you want to be here, come, be a part of it, but don't feel like we have to now change our, the you know, the history of what we do to fit is um. all I'm saying. So that's just my thing because I get it. Like the times are changing and what have you and – I think part of it is that Spellman made this whole big deal about it, but now they're mad because people, like, once you put it out there, then people are going to have opinions. Can people we talk are going about to voice that? Them. So this is what I want to say. You know, you I'm just like, couldn't, like, my thing is this. If you want to admit transgender women, admit transgender women and, and, and deal with it on a case-by-case basis. If you are qualified and you have, you know what I mean? If you deserve mm-hmm. to be at Spellman and that's where you desire to be to gain the legacy that is Spellman, you should do it. And you want to pay that expensive-ass tuition, I say you be there. <laughs> well, this is what I want to say, just in terms of the community. So, okay, it's like a Pandora's box is open. The way that we have been communicating with each other is pretty much disgraceful. And I don't mean the administration now. Right. I'm talking about us. It's women, um, especially on social media, especially on Facebook um, in 1881, 1881 Spelman Group. The way that we I've are talking— to each other is unbelievable. And the, some of the trans al- allies with the name calling and the profanity, that is ridiculous. But I'm not addressing them with this this comment. For the faith-based, religious, and you know, I'm a Christian. That's the industry that I work right. in. This is what I do. It is such a disgrace the way that some of you guys are like, Using your religion, or I don't want to say my religion because whatever you're doing, that's not what I believe. But um, using your religion and just being so vile in how you are that, discussing and that's why I think that these doesn't make it, students. That these doesn't make it okay. Family. This these is are somebody's, somebody's children. Daughter, somebody's son. <laughs> I have two line sisters who have siblings who are transitioning right now. Of yeah. course, we didn't know until this whole thing at Spelman came up. So then they're both like, yeah, this is what our family is dealing with. 30-plus-year-olds, they both have over 30 siblings who are transitioning. So when you think about it and you look at those, even before I knew that I knew people who were transitioning, just the way that we talk to each other and sit behind this laptop and nobody can see you, part of the problem, Personally, part of the problem is that, and it's not just with this situation, whether you're transgender or cisgender, all of that, in gender, I mean, in gender, (laughs) in general, people... Um, there is this, this spirit, this, this cloak of fake protection mm-hmm. that creates a space where people feel that they can be just evil, mean spirited, and hateful. And blame it on the Lord. And, and not even just, I'm not even just talking about Christian people. I'm talking about people in general. When you look on social media, because it's like you're sitting behind yep. your iPhone or what have yes. you, people tend to type things and say things to other people, which are horrible but in special. any, like, the in general. The expectation of a Spellman woman, I don't care what the discussion is. It's, it's transgender today who know what, what it'll be tomorrow. Like the expectation is that this is we not don't how you carry yourself. Like this is not how we do things. Whether we agree, whether we disagree, it appalling. it's not okay. And that's why you know it was important for me to have this conversation because we can disagree, or yes. we may not. You know, just the just the nature of people. You're not going to agree on every issue. You're yeah. just not. But, but we you can don't have strip it. somebody's humanity. We in can the have it in a respectable way. Yes. Exactly. In which you do not strip someone's humanity or, you know, speak to them in a manner which you would not like to be spoken to. Exactly. Exactly. So I just wanted to say that because that bothered me so much and it was actually shocking. And I do say that, you know, it lays back at the feet of Spelman administration or 
leadership and how it's handled everything, um, that there was probably a better way to do it. But at some point, we have to take personal responsibility. No, I am not for this gender policy in its entirety. I've been clear about it. But I also will not strip somebody of their personhood. Like, that is just beyond to me. So yeah. to see it, besides it being shocking, just in terms of how we're dealing with each other, it's very disappointing. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. And, you know, I, I, I agree with the with the piece in terms of it, regardless of what side of the fence you sit on, yes. it does not give you the right to strip someone of their humanity exactly. or speak to them in a disrespectful, disgraceful manner. Because that is that not about. who we are and the legacy of who we have been as Spellman women, period. Yes. But, you know, this is a great time to take a really quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to have another caller, um, another Spellman alum. London, she might as well have been a Spellman alum. That's why I was <laughs> laughing. I was like, you know you just want to go to Spellman. But um, for just background, um, she mentioned that she went to Morehouse and, you know, how Spellman was such a safe haven while she was there. We're speaking of London right now. London actually was my Morehouse brother. Mm-hmm. So... Um, just to put that perspective. But we'll, we'll be right here with Candily Keisha. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with more. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You're listening to Candidly Keisha. Welcome back to Candidly Keisha. We still have my spish in the studio. And uh, we have also been joined by Spellman alum, Whitney Bond. And Whitney um, is currently in Chicago, and she is getting her PhD. Um, what, well, I know you've already gotten. I have. You have a bunch of degrees. So you went to Spelman, and then you graduated the Candler School of Theology at Emory, um, where mm-hmm. you received received your bachelor, where you received your Master's of Divinity, and now you are at um, in Chicago. And at Spelman, mm-hmm. you were actually in the theater department, like dance theater, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so help me understand how you got from dance theater. The to transition of it all. Yes. <laughs> um, so in a quick nutshell, um, when I applied to Spelman, I was an education major because in high school we had to do community service. And I thought that I was going to go into the special education field. And then I started doing my community service and it was just very emotionally draining as a 17-year-old. And so Were you a Bonner by Spelman, any chance? Was I Bonner? Were you a Bonner? I was not. Okay. I was just not accepted into the program, but okay. I did apply. Okay. I was, just, um, I was a Bonner. That's why I was asking when you said you did a lot of community service. Yeah. Um, and so I got to Spelman, and Dr. Christine King-Ferris was my advisor because I was an education major, and I went to her, and I said, you know, I need to change my major. I don't think I'm ever going to do anything in education. And she said to me, everybody always needs a teacher. I was like, well, that's not what I'm supposed to be doing. So I spent the next few semesters, you know, just jumping literally from major to major. Um, So I switched into economics and said, you know, I don't want to do anything with business or money, and now I have a business. Then I switched over to religious studies, and I said, oh, I'm never going to do anything in theology or religious studies, so I don't need that. But all of that, my minor was always dance, and so... I settled on drama with a concentration in dance and loved it because I love to create. Um, I definitely think it's a wonderful way um, that we are allowed to express ourselves. And so um, I planned to move to L.A. Um, and one of my godmothers, Vanessa Bell Calloway, um, was helping me throughout this transition. And so I was going to go out to L.A. and, you know, start my cooking blog and mm-hmm. do all of this stuff. And then it just seemed like everything in my life just halted. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was just like, what am I supposed to be doing right now? So this is now 2013. Um, I'm not working. And though my family was extremely supportive of me, they were like, you know, just figure out what it is you want to do. You have plenty of space here. 
you're not in a rush. Like, you're only 26, maybe 27. Like, it's okay. But I just felt like I was supposed to be doing something else. And so um, I love taking naps. I believe that naps bring great clarity for life. You say naps, and, I'm yes, not mad. Okay. <laughs> yes, I believe in the power of a good nap. And so I was taking one of my naps, and in the dream, I was preaching the closing ceremony of my family reunion, and two relatives in the dream said, so what are you doing these days? And I, as clear as they said to them, I'm getting my Master of Divinity from Canada School of Theology. Wow. And so I woke up, and I was just like, that's not what that means, though. You tried to fight it, and then God was like, no, this is for real what you need to do. And I was just like, but that's not what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and a little backstory on that, I'd applied to MFA programs, Master of Arts programs, Master of um, Arts and Communications programs, and then denied to all of them um, between the time I graduated from Spelman and August of 2013. And so I was clear that I was supposed to go and get more education. I just never seriously considered a Master of Divinity um, as an right. option. And so I had the dream, woke up from the dream, and I was just like, that's not what this means. And so I'm calling mentors and friends, and nobody's answering their phone. And I'm just like, God, for real, I don't want to do that. And so for about two weeks, it was a wrestle with God. Um, and so I would go to sleep at like 2 o'clock and be up by 5, 6 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I don't have a job, so there was no reason why I need to be up that early. Got and it. so I finally said, you know what, God, if this is what you want me to do, um, give me a year to get myself together. I don't know what I was supposed to do in that year of getting myself together, but I just felt like I needed a year. And so did that, um, and my aunt then called and said, oh, I need somebody to help me take um, Shay, her daughter, my cousin, to uh-huh. Selman for the fall. She was going to be a junior that year, and she was going to be living off campus, so it was going to be a quick two-day trip. Right. Get her to Atlanta, get her apartment set up, and then we're coming back. So we go, and <laughs> we get there. She goes, well, I don't think I'm comfortable with her staying off campus, so we may extend the trip. Got I was it. like, the one time that I say I'm going to pack enough for two days, you say that we're staying. So I contacted some of my friends who were students at Emory in the uh, master's program. They said, well, orientation is happening now, so you can come on campus, Boom. meet people for when you apply for next year. You'll already kind of have a sense of how things go. And I was like, okay, cool. So, so, so I, I don't mean it, so I don't mean to cut you off, but I was just I wondered because we have a finite amount of time. So okay. basically, what happened was God said, "Yes, this is what you're gonna do." Yeah, and you know I love that. You so now what your your research centers on um, bridging gaps of pastoral care and practical theology within human sexuality and spiritual spaces. Basically, it's all about kind of bridging the gap of spirit and the LGBTQ community. Um, and is that what you're focusing on right now? Yes. So my PhD is in theology, ethics, and human sciences. Um, and my concentration is around black church studies and, um, human sexuality, because I feel as if the church as a whole doesn't really address, um, human sexuality. And when it is addressed, it's typically from a negative standpoint. Don't have sex before marriage. If you're a part of the LGBTQ community, you're going to hell. God doesn't love you and things of that nature. And it also, the church also doesn't really address. Um, domestic and intimate partner violence either. Um, And so, yeah, that's kind of what my research is about. So let's bring it full circle. How do Mm -hmm. you feel about um, the whole policy in terms of Spelman, um, the whole transgender um, admittance policy, which they've just presented? Um, I think it is a wonderful um, step in the right direction Mm -hmm. because Spelman, in my opinion, um, has tried to be a forward-thinking institution. It's part of the reason why I continue to give back financially um, because I believe there's a sustainability of Spelman. Um, I know that while I was at Spelman, it opened me up to parts of myself that I never knew existed, and I believe that we should be able to offer that to other potential students who feel as if Spelman is a place for them. Um, and like I was talking with some other Spelman alums, because Selma is such a special place, I don't feel as if it's going to become a traditional co-ed institution um, because it is a place for women. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, because of knowing some of the nuances of Selma, I just don't foresee it becoming a traditional co-ed institution. And so 
some alums have said, you know, well, if that's the case, they just need to go to Morehouse or go to a co-ed institution. There's something particular about Spelman um, that draws particular people. Um, and I get that. I agree with you on that on that point, that there is something very special about Spelman that draws a particular, you know, like for me, that was the only place I applied. I knew it was exactly where I wanted to go. And Mm -hmm. right before you called, actually, Spesh and I were sitting here, Quita, Spesh, and I were sitting here talking. And I think that's one of my biggest things is making sure that, you know, like I believe you should love who you love, you know, whoever Mm -hmm. you desire to be with. And, you know, because there's so many nuances to it. It's really hard Mm -hmm. to, because they have, and, and you know, that always baffles me sometimes because even in the LGBTQ community, um, they, I don't want to say they, but a lot of, because I have a lot of friends who are every letter of the LGBT in the Q. Exactly. Um, I find that it's so often there's this fight to be included in, I don't, and please don't get me wrong because like I always have to London this. I, if I say something incorrect, it's not meant in a derogatory way. It just means I don't know the right way to say it um Mm -hmm. it's just always interesting to me how there's so many different labels and nuances within that umbrella and i feel like sometimes they're like well we want to be included this way but help me i just get confused because there's so many like pockets or categories or i don't know what to call it so can you help me understand yeah, um, I think the biggest thing. Um, oh, but is, I just went way off topic of what I was about to ask. But we but can that's start a very there. Very good question because your audience is going. Yeah, be we can know. start there. Like, can you help? Like the yeah. person who has no clue, um, you know, help understand all of the different pockets, and then just mm-hmm. just re- hold on to that. And then the piece that I was going to say is, um, it's just it's interesting to me because if you want to be at Spelman, no matter if you're the LGBT, all of the Q, whoever you are. Also, come and embrace the tradition that is Spelman. It's fine mm-hmm. if you're transgender, but I think that what we were talking about is then saying, well, we can't say our sister, but it's a women's college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what do you mean? This is a sisterhood. So mm-hmm. if you want to come understand these things, just how I got to had to wear those damn uh, white dress and nude stockings and black shoes, that's part of the tradition. So let's mm-hmm. just embrace those things that are Spelman because when you get into – some like different depending on which way you're transitioning, whether you are um, born a woman and then transitioning into being a man. Like I know there have been instances where some people were like, well, I'm not going to wear a dress or I'm not going to do this. And we're like, well, guys, you're not guys meaning guy, but like in the in the hey, you know, but this is kind of it's a private institution and this is one of the rules and you knew this. Or if there's doing something, they're like, turn to your sister and say, you know, those sort of things. But I'm mm-hmm. sorry, can you go back to the pocket so people can understand? Yes, yes. Um, and let me preface this by saying I am a member of the LGBT community. Yes. Um, and so I'm not speaking for everybody, but and from I my that. experience and from conversations that I continuously have with people. Right. Um, the number one thing I often tell people, Google is free. Um, if you're having questions and you're afraid to ask and you're like, I don't even know how to say this, I promise you, you can type in whatever you want on Google and there will be an article, some bullet points, a, a scholar, somebody that can direct you into the right, um, right. way. Secondly, um, it's easier, I've found, to have these conversations not on um, a large scale but make them more individual. Intimate. Um, because each person's experience is different. Right. And so while we have, we've had trans students at Selman previously, there are some who are still like, no, you can still say I'm your Selman sister. Then there are those who are like, you can just say, I'm, you know, we go to Selman together. You see the difference there where it's not placing the onus on the word sister, but we went to Selman together. Um, so that's, those are the two uh, biggest things. Um, using Google, because there are so many free resources, um, out there, um, and then just talking individually with right. people, um, particularly if you have people in your life who are part of the community, right. um, because I think sometimes we're able to hear things better when it comes from people that we love and care about versus somebody that we feel as if they don't like us already, and so they're not going to hear anything that we're saying. Do you know what I feel um, like a little bit, though? Um, and this mm-hmm. is just, you know, my perspective and, like, what I've kind of seen. It's like, I, I get that. Like, it is different when you're having an intimate conversation 
And you have to also feel free and okay to ask questions and for it not to be, you know, you like because it goes both ways. And I feel so mm-hmm. often everybody is so much on the defense that they're mm-hmm. ready to defend and, and they're and, and not listen. Everyone mm-hmm. is ready to is waiting to prove their point versus mm-hmm. really listening empathetically to what the opposing side really is saying. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that works on both sides. Yeah, and understanding that growth is continual. Right. Um, there are a lot of beliefs that I have now that I would have never thought that I would have had when I entered Stillman. And not that it was completely um, opposite, but I just didn't have the full language or a toolbox to fully articulate right. um, what it was that I believed. Um, and that's on a myriad of things, not just this issue. Right. Um, and so if we, I don't think we also, and myself included, I don't think we extend grace enough for people yeah. and not in the sense of like we just let people say and do anything yeah, crazy not, but it's just being but empathetic and, and yeah and understanding that we didn't just wake up one day and say oh i'm woke i got evolved. this right yeah, all evolved yeah. and stuff <laughs> yeah, we all in every area of our lives if people if somebody has said they have remained consistent in one thinking pattern of their lives their, mm-hmm. their entire life i'm kind of going to be like so have you grown at all? Because the world is constantly changing. Right. Theories and practices are constantly changing. So what's really good? <laughs> right. So what is, like, because we were also talking earlier about, you know, sometimes because Spellman is such a, so special and such a sisterhood where there's just such an ownership of, you know, it's like, it's really ours. Does that make sense? Like, you know how when you're a Spellman woman, no matter where you are, if you've never met a, a day in your life, if you're in the middle of Timbuktu, mm-hmm. and it's like, you would to Spellman, I would to Spellman, what? It's his own sorority. It's, it's its own sorority. That's the best way to describe it. No, my mom calls Spellman a sorority all the time. <laughs> it is its own sorority. And I know a lot of people, you know, there are people on different, like some people are for it, some people are against it. I feel like most people are, you know, somewhere in the middle. And one sentiment that we were talking about earlier is a lot of women, because we feel this sense of ownership and like sisterhood and sorority of Spellman, felt that they weren't really included in the conversation. Mm-hmm. And how do you feel about that? Before the decision was made, they felt like you know, some people felt a little marginalized in the discussion. Well, there was that survey, but I never saw any. I don't know anybody who saw the survey. survey results, but other than that, Whitney. Okay. I didn't see, well, I, I well, me seeing the survey. Don't yeah. even check your email. So. Leave me alone. So I can't include myself in that in terms of feeling some kind of way because, yeah, I didn't see the survey, but I probably wouldn't have seen the survey if it was about exactly. should it be purple or orange. So <laughs> it's neither here nor there. But what is your feeling about that? Okay, could you um, synthesize the question a oh, little I'm more? Oh, I'm so sorry. My question is real simple. Did mm-hmm. a lot of people, a lot of Spelman graduates, what I've heard murmurings of is they didn't feel included in the decision-making process to, mm-hmm. to for mm-hmm. this policy. Do you, how do you feel? Um, I'm, I don't want to say that I'm on the fence, um, but at the same time, I kind of see how both sides feel, one being, well, I'm an alum. I didn't. I didn't get a survey, or I didn't, didn't get a chance to participate. But I want my voice heard. Versus, well, we kind of concentrated on using this pool of alums who kind of had similar um, beliefs and thoughts, and then we just kind of merged the two. Um, so it's hard when you have a large alum population like Spelman, who um, likes to be very vocal and active about decisions that the institution is making, to include every single person's um, voice because I do have some friends who are like, oh, yeah, I got that survey. I responded. And I was like, did I get that survey? Because I don't remember seeing in my email. But I mean. Got it. So you, you know what I'm saying? So you feel as though they did make an attempt um, to do. include people. Yeah. Okay. Include, I just don't see how it's feasible to include, you know, over 10,000 alums mm-hmm. um, in a survey and then synthesize all those results. Um, because I feel like this is, and I haven't talked with Dr. Campbell about this, but I feel like this is something that she's been working on um, for about a year or so. Um, and so just trying to move in an efficient way, um, but it's also that's still kind of inclusive um, because there are, you know, alums who are very anti, but there are alums who are pro. And so I feel like we do have a representation of um, the many voices of the mm-hmm. alumni um, response. 
it may not be what we want, but I do feel like, for the most part, um, a medium of the voices were heard. So my last question for you is, because we're going to kind of wrap things up, moving mm-hmm. forward, um, what is your hope um, for this policy? Like, just what is your hope moving forward for Spelman and the policy of admitting transgender students? Um, my hope for Spelman is that it remains to be that beacon of heavenly light. And I mean that in the literal sense of the word, um, that it is still a place that affirms um, black womanhood and its various forms and shapes, um, that it continues to break molds um, because even our founders, Sophia um, D. Packard and Harriet Giles, were breaking the mold in 1881 as lesbian lovers who were Baptist missionaries who formed an institution to educate young black women. Um, and so if we follow in that model, I feel as if we're going to continue break, to break molds um, as we move towards the future. It won't always be a comfortable experience, but I do feel like um, we will give each other enough grace and space to learn together in the coming years. Okay. Well, thank you. I do appreciate your time and calling in. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Bye. 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 Were they lesbian lovers? I didn't know that. Are we um, sure about that? Well, there's been some research. So the letters that are in the basement of um, Rockefeller, uh-huh. I've seen the letters. I thought they were letters to best friends. Like, I would write uh, to you because it's love and endearment. But um, a researcher did write a book, and I guess it's been a year. So that's been the buzz ah, for about a year. that they were lesbian lovers. Who mm-hmm. knew? And they're buried beside each other. Ooh. I'm like, that's juicy. Kill them. Woo-woo-woo. <laughs> well, hey, learn something new right there. <laughs> But you know we've this has been a little longer show than we normally do. These these Spelman women, there's so much to say. They're so articulate and, and passionate and <laughs> all that kind of good stuff. But um, in closing, is there anything you have to say, Spash? Um, I just hope that going forward, since it seems you know the decision is what it is, that Spelman would try to have some semblance of transparency and maybe on the website. Um, just tell us what's going on yeah. um, in terms of what is housing. You can say that it's not important, and you can say, well, if a person has a penis, that's fine. Um, but we still would like to know. So whatever the secret meetings are with the secret organization yeah. that requires an um, NDA, <laughs> we would just like to know. Yeah, um, I, feel, I feel like that's the, the – That is a lot. That's the so, resounding is that it's just the transparency. Yeah. Because when you don't feel as though someone's being transparent, it makes you feel like – there's something being hidden exactly. and there's something going on that is not above And board. not everybody is against, like, even right. with myself, I'm not 100% against the policy, um, the parts of it that I know. So I think those are the questions. And then maybe have people who know what is going on answering right. calls at, at the school because if you call and they ca- happen to call you back, um, they don't even have answers. They, they right. could just, like, forward you to somebody else. So more information is always great. Right. I mean, change is never comfortable. It's never um, comfortable. Progress is never is, – this is part of what it looks and feels like. It doesn't always feel amazing for any – for, you know, whoever, whatever side of the spectrum you're on. And, you know, my desire and goal is just for Spellman, you know – Actually, Whitney said it best in terms of continuing to be beacons of heavenly light, undaunted by the fact Mm. that is part of our school song. Yes. Just FYI. In in each class. Yeah, you can sing it. I can't. I can act like I can sing all day. But singing. Yes, singing is not in my my wheelhouse. Um, (laughs) But I just, you know, encourage Spelman women who are out there. You know, dialogue is healthy. It is. But respectful dialogue. You don't have to have angry. You don't have to have angry dialogue. You can express your point of view in a loving, empathetic, caring manner, no matter how you feel about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do believe that, yes, okay, this this policy has been implemented, but now it's about how do we move forward? Mm -hmm. How, being that this is the time and day where we are, how do we ensure that all people um, are being unified, coming together, and the concerns of people are being addressed, and that one person's concern isn't more valid yeah. than another person's? 
Um, and so that yes, we're making sure there's always a safe space for, for black everybody, women. for well, black for women, black women in particular, right? Um, as Spellman. Absolutely. So this has been your Candidly Key Show. We had a heavy one this Friday. We're going to have to come back with something fun next week. Okay. Tell me about it. Trap music. Where is Cardi B? Where is I? No. Why you said that? (laughs) Can I tell you, I've loved Cardi B. And James, you know this. I was talking about Cardi B like before she became like big. Do you remember? I was like, I want Cardi B on Candidly Keisha. So listen, if any of y'all are listening and no Cardi B, please. I would love to have her on. One thing about her, which I have, which I have really liked from day one, is that she has authentically, yes. unapologetically been exactly who the hell she and is. And it's taken her to number one. And it has taken her to number one. And I can't even, I With can't no even features. hate. I can't even hate. What'd you say? No features. She's the first uh, female rapper to be number one with no features. With no features. Just Cardi Just B. Cardi B. Tell bloody moves. Yes. <laughs> and if I don't talk to you, that means I don't with Would you. you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a Spellman woman. Go from intellectual to wretched in, in 2.5 seconds. But this is again, we're really going to close out this time. We will be right back right here next week. Candidly, Keisha, have an amazing weekend. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.